powerful collaborations, cutting-edge science, and curious minds coming together for a glimpse of the future. Stay tuned as we look at the latest updates on some of the most promising technology projects. Welcome to the EUvation Podcast. I'm Peter Ballant from Technicon. Today, we once again look at the IPC project. IPC stands for Individualized Pediatric Cure. This is a huge EU-funded effort to assist doctors in finding the most effective treatment for children with tumors. There is no one-size-fits-all approach, and doctors, clinicians, oncologists, biomedical engineers, and computer scientists are working together in IPC to use data, human samples, and artificial intelligence to tailor treatments for kids while minimizing the risks. It's no easy task, but IPC is making inroads in this area. Today we speak with Matteo Monica from project partner IBM. He's a research staff member at the IBM Research Lab in Europe at the Zurich location. In the wake of the COVID-19 restrictions, we speak with Matteo remotely from his home office in Zurich. Welcome to the show and tell us about IPC and your specific role in the project. IPC is a European project about the um, development of a precise and precision medicine solution uh, for uh, pediatric tumors. Um, the main motivation behind this project is that these uh, type of tumors are quite rare, but when they happen, usually uh, we don't have effective or efficient treatments to handle these type of tumors. We obviously focus on uh, curing the disease and ensuring the survival of the patient, but a lot of the treatment options that we have might have uh, extremely um, negative uh, side effects on the long term. So we might put the patient through uh, a life and long-term serious health consequences. So the main reason behind working on these specific tumors in IPC is to try to optimize and find better therapies that might work as well as current therapies are, are, um, are doing, but the idea is that we might try to tailor them on the specific patient in order to have a better outcome intended as less consequences in, um, in the long term for the patient. Okay, so this really sounds like this is about personalized healthcare or precision medicine, is that correct? Exactly. This is uh, basically the core uh, concept and the core idea behind this, uh, this project. Basically, the possibility of integrating different uh, data types, uh, molecular data, also data from publications, data from databases, and also mo molecular data at different levels, from the gene expression to the proteomic expression, so to the protein expression with the intuition that if we can put together and pull together these different data modalities, we can try to uh, basically understand better the disease of the specific patient or a specific subpopulation of patient and find better therapeutic indications. So IPC is a project um, that addresses uh, perhaps treatments of children in the future. And if we look at what's happening right now, what are the effects of not having something like IPC? Yes, uh, that's a very interesting question. Um, I think the effects are really the fact that, um, and don't get me wrong, this is the best possible treatment we can probably give and the best po possible therapeutic options, and they really save a lot of lives already. But the, um, the main issue with some of these uh, treatments is that 
first, in some cases, this doesn't work because uh, patients uh, and kids respond differently to different therapies. So the same therapy applied to two different patients can really have a different outcome based on the specific tumor that the patient is developing. And the second aspect uh, is also the fact that we usually manage to cure the patients with current therapies, but these therapies might be really toxic in the long term. So the idea of taking a personalized medicine approach is that we can basically try to minimize this uh, uh, toxicity of the treatment, these uh, uh, negative longer term um, conditions, and also improve the current existing therapies. Obviously, this is a very uh, bold goal, uh, but we really think that by taking this um, holistic approach um, and equipping ourselves with the weapon of personalized medicine and multimodal data analysis, we can try to basically reduce this delta between what we can actually have and what we have right now and what will be the best treatment option that is completely uh, side effects free and uh, basically with a uh, super low margin of failure. Okay. And if you look forward uh, a few years down the road, and if, you, if, if you're looking at the project ending and looking back at some of your successes, what would you consider a success for IPC? Or you know, what does success look like? Yes, that's uh, that's very also interesting, and I think that here it's really uh, important to set the right expectations, but not being too conservative when doing this. In the sense that I think it's uh, in pediatric tumors and tumors in general are a problem that is are far from being solved in the next uh, four to five years, in the next decade, I would say. So what we can realistically do and that can really help is to basically um, develop. A, framework using all the expertise uh, coming from the different partners where we can basically share tools that can help practitioners with the current data that are available to take more informed decision about a therapy or about the potential outcome for a patient. And what I think would be really successful is to make this uh, platform broadly available. So having a single place where we combine different techniques ranging from mechanistic model to AI also intensive HPC application that uh, medical practitioners or researchers can just access and run analysis and perform predictions with their own data. In my opinion, this would be uh, an, incredible, an incredibly useful resource. And if we combine this also with the data banks that uh, some of the partners are already making available and are maintaining, we can really have a big impact in this field where so you say the samples are rare, uh, which makes me wonder, do you have access to samples from around the world or are you? F is your project strictly focused in looking at samples from Europe? The project actually is uh, not looking only at samples from Europe. We have the luck to be collaborating with the partners um, spread uh, almost all over the globe. Especially we have, uh, we have a collaboration with a um, Kids First initiative where they basically have a data bank of multiple pediatric tumors coming from US and Europe, and they do an aggregation of this, uh, of this data. 
The nice thing of this aspect is that we can really pull together information from different locations so we don't have any specific bias on the type of disease that is developed in different uh, communities. The collaboration is really interesting because we are putting together partners not only from Europe, but also from US, from Australia, and we can really rely on, um, on an incredible platform to share data and collect this data and analyze them to basically gain actionable insights on uh, the different disease types. So it seems like the real muscle in this project is actually in the data. Yes, exactly. This is uh, what I would say is really the fuel. If we have to do a parallelism, uh, the data is what you absolutely need to get the whole machinery going. And all the activities of the modeling groups, like the IBM Research Europe one, or the other groups from more computational uh, biology applied research, are basically making sure that the engine and all the different elements of this machine are uh, perfectly tuned and work in a synergistic fashion. So as I always like to think about it, basically the data providers are really giving us the fuel to make our algorithms run predictions. And our job for all the computational um, group members, but especially I can speak for IBM research, is really to uh, make the best out of this fuel. So to develop good and robust methods that can integrate different data types and can get the best out of the um, out of this uh, goldmine of uh, um, patient uh, information. Okay, and I want to back up a second. You mentioned AI, which is artificial intelligence. Yes. What kind of role does artificial intelligence have in this project IPC? Yes. So what we are mostly doing, and we are one of the main partners working in uh, artificial intelligence application to uh, pediatric tumors in the context of IPC, uh, is that we are basically trying to tailor state-of-the-art methodologies uh, from machine learning, deep learning, and artificial intelligence in general to basically create models that can help us in different aspects. First of all, understanding better patient subpopulations, so finding patients with similar um, with, with, with similar tumors in order to understand whether we can try to treat these patients in the same way, or even using these algorithms to find the differences between patients and understand why something worked on someone and something didn't work on someone else. And these techniques are very useful in this case because they basically can uh, be developed without, without any input bias from the person that is actually creating the model. So we are basically somehow uh, suspending our judgment when we use this type of models, and we can try to use all the insights coming directly from the data. So having these uh, tools at our hand and using them can really help us to learn something completely new for these diseases, and that can give us this uh, delta in terms of novelty to improve or give different recommendations on uh, current uh, therapeutic indications. Okay, and since we're on the topic of artificial intelligence, maybe now is a good time to debunk some of these popular myths about AI in, in the medical fields. Uh, things like, in the future, uh, computers will make decisions about your healthcare, not necessarily doctors, or uh, computers will uh, replace doctors completely. Um, what do you have to say about these notions? Yeah, these are very interesting debate in the scientific community uh, about the, the role of artificial intelligence, especially in uh, healthcare applications. 
or in these, uh, let's say, performance critical sensitive applications where we are really putting the life of, uh, of humans in the, in the first row and at risk. So the first thing, and this a personal take, but also the opinion of many experts in the sector that we have to keep in mind is that artificial intelligence applications and in general, these uh, models purely based on data will never probably take any decision without any doctor supervising this or approving. So I want to assure the, <laughs> the audience that this uh, probably will never happen. And I would say luckily. The role for the of tools is probably really to make the life of the doctors easier and make them more efficient. A good example that we can think of is uh, the work of pathologists when they have to look at these histopathology images to, for example, grade a specific cancer. And this operation is really important and fundamental to understand very well which type of cancer we are looking at and how to treat the patient and which uh, therapeutic options to take, for example, surgery or not surgery chemotherapy or not. So this is a very important task that is super time consuming for the pathologist itself. And AI can really help to speed up this process by basically recommending area of interest to the pathology or basically selecting regions of the, of the, of the biopsy to look at. So there are so many ways that these tools, and this was just an example, can really speed up the daily routine of a doctor. And I think that this is the exact role that we want for this type of tools. So for the people who are still nervous about artificial intelligence in medicine, we could tell them, you know, this is just giving your doctor more information to make a better decision about you. Yes. Yes, I completely agree with this statement. The The idea is that these, all these um, ecosystem of uh, tools, models, and techniques will never be used as a replacement for a doctor and will be only used to basically help the doctors to be more efficient. This is probably the way they can be best used and they can help to obtain um, tangible results in the, in the short term. But I want to really tell you that most of these models are really... Um, dummy workers that are very good at doing a single thing they do it very well and this is why they can outperform humans in specific tasks but connecting all the dots and taking these results and using them in a constructive fashion is something that only an expert and the doctor can do in the in the best possible way so maybe we should just add a disclaimer when we use the noun phrase artificial intelligence in medicine. Well, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm glad that you pointed that out because uh, I think many people tend to, to look at artificial intelligence in one way and never really consider how it could be used in many different ways. Uh, you're also working on a closely related endeavor called Pac-Man. Now, how does Pac-Man support IPC? The Pac-Man project is a project about uh, designing anti-cancer compounds using deep learning techniques. And it started just before IPC. In the context of pediatric cancers, what we are doing with Pacman is that we are basically using our model that is tailored to propose novel potential effective candidates to treat a specific tumor, looking at the um, gene expression profile of a specific patient. And in the IPC project, what we do is that we basically use this tool 
to generate drugs for the specific cancer types you are studying in IPC and basically doing this in also a profile-specific fashion. And what I mean by that, that basically if we have the sample gene expression from patient X, we can start to propose drugs that are extremely effective to cure the disease of patient X. Obviously, this is a bit a jump in the future. It's not feasible yet to have a specific drug for a specific patient. And also, if you think about it, uh, obtaining approval for a patient-specific uh, drug is quite uh, tough, let's put it in this way. But here the point is really the fact that we can basically check what would work best for this patient in terms of modeling. And we can then use this hypothesis to try to generate novel drugs that could treat specific subpopulation of patients in an effective way. So the role of this, uh, the role of Pac-Man in IPC is really to basically leverage different data information and try to come up with uh, new candidate therapeutic agents that can help us to shape uh, new medicines in the future to treat pediatric okay. tumors. Perfect. And uh, IPC focuses on pediatric cancer. Uh, what's 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 the reason for that? Uh, why not look at something that, that's more prevalent, that's yes. not so rare? The main reason is that while the numbers are not in favor of uh, of the cause, let's put it in this way, it's quite a pressing problem because pediatric tumors are quite rare, but are also quite little. So I think it's very important to improve therapies there. And as we also mentioned earlier, I think that once we are able to cure these patients, in a lot of cases, we basically have a therapy that leaves this long-term damage in the, in the patient that survived the tumor. So while the numbers are quite low, I think it's very important that we ensure um, that we have effective treatments for uh, pediatric tumors because they can really change the quality of the life of an enormous number of families. Because uh, if you think about it, uh, having to take care of a child with a specific condition that then is protracted a long time is really impacting the life of the old people around the child. And I think that IPC in this sense can really be a game changer if all the premises that we put down uh, are then uh, satisfied. Okay. So it sounds like many times with the treatment in these pediatric cases, this involves something that could lead to other lifelong problems, which are side effects of, of the treatment. Exactly. Okay. And that's what you want to prevent. And I think that... Um, yeah, that's the honorable goal of, of IPC. So thank you very much for your efforts in this project. And we wish you and all of your project partners much success in the completion of IPC. Thanks a lot. I would be happy to, to join again the podcast to comment on some results as soon as we have something interesting to share. Yeah, that's great. And I'll sort of stay in touch. And if we have the opportunity to sit down again and talk about some new results, I'm happy to do it. So thank you for that. You're welcome. For more information about IPC, go to their webpage at ipc-project.eu. The IPC project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Program 
under grant agreement number 826121.